Alright, look at verse 1 of Matthew chapter 4. It says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when He had fasted forty days and forty nights, He was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to Him, He said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I want to stop reading right there. And what I want to talk about tonight is, uh, the title of my message tonight is Satanic Use of the Scriptures. And uh, before I kind of get into what I want to be talking about tonight, something I'm wanting to do, I'm probably not going to do this in consecutive weeks, but uh, something I've been, uh, some subjects I've been wanting to preach on and kind of do some teaching on, is I want to just kind of point out some bad methods methods of interpreting the Bible and studying the Bible. I found there's a lot of a lot of times good people, well-meaning people, they just absolutely butcher the scriptures with just horrible interpretation. You know, sometimes I've heard people too, sometimes people often will preach a truth but they will misuse the Scripture to preach that truth. That just makes the Bible look bad. Okay, And we want to do that. We want to preach the truth. We want to have right doctrine, but we don't want to misuse Scriptures to try to get our doctrine out there. And you know, the Bible is an amazing book. It is the perfect Word of God. It is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. But did you know sinful man is capable of taking the holy words of God and messing them up? And we see that in this passage right here, when Jesus is being tempted of the devil, we see some examples of Satan using the Word of God to try to deceive Jesus. And it is amazing, and we see it all the time, people, they will get up behind pulpits and they will preach lies from the Scripture. I mean, they will get up with the Bible and they will read Scriptures and they will just, I mean, lie. And just give all this false doctrine. You think, how can that be done? Well, a lot of times it's done just by stupidity. Sometimes it is people, you know, they're resting the words of God or they're twisting the words of God. Sometimes they're adding things and taking away. But even in a King James Bible preaching church where they believe the King James is the Word of God, people can take the words of God and just do weird things with them and teach false doctrine. And a lot of these things, if we're not careful, we can make the mistake of misusing these. There's been times before where there's I've had the wrong idea in some Scriptures and it turned out I was really just reading the passage wrong. Have you ever just looked closer to passage? Or you'll hear somebody else preach from a passage and you'll realize you were just you knew the words, but you just read them wrong. You know, you emphasized the wrong words. And it, it wasn't you were trying to do anything wicked. It's just... But what probably happened, somebody preached it wrong and it just got stuck in your head that way. I can't think of any good examples of that right off the top of my head. But there's been many times when I've been reading the Bible or studying something, I'm like, you know, the Bible actually doesn't say that. I, I can think of one example. Um, I was having a conversation with somebody one time, another preacher, about the baptism of John. And I brought up the fact that um, Jesus only baptized his disciples. And he said, Jesus didn't baptize the disciples. I said, yeah, I did. He said, Jesus baptized his disciples. He's like, no, the Bible doesn't say Jesus baptized his disciples. I'm like, listen, I know the Bible said Jesus baptized his disciples. So we went and we looked it up and I found the verse and it said, uh, you know, it was, it was being reported that Jesus had baptized more disciples than John, although Jesus baptized not, but his disciples. Well, when I read that, Jesus baptized not but His disciples. In other words, He only baptized His disciples. No, it's saying Jesus baptized not, but His disciples, they were the ones that baptized. And so now I was just like, oops. You know, I wasn't trying anything evil. I just read it wrong. That's all there was to it. You know, and I felt really stupid after that. So, and sometimes that's what people do. Sometimes it's innocent mistakes like that. That we just, you know, we just read through stuff too quick. You know, we, we get the wrong idea. And, you know, we need to learn to watch for that stuff. And so one of the things that we're, we're going to look at tonight, though, is full-blown satanic use of the Scripture. Now, I have seen some of this kind of stuff take place from pulpits. It usually happens in non-King James churches. But I want to show you the way Satan messes with the Word of God. 
The way Satan twists the Word of God. You know, we often think, and I've talked about this before, we often think of satanic things as just some guy all decked out in black and just creepy and all, all that kind of stuff. Just saying wicked, horrible, blasphemous stuff. That is not necessarily satanic. Satan actually tries to deceive. Satan is deceptive in how he does it. And if Satan just gets up and whenever he uses a script, tries to use a scripture or teach something, he just throws out a bunch of wicked blasphemy and perversion, everybody's going to say, well, that's definitely of Satan. That's not what he does. He's subtle. Satan is subtle. Okay? Demon, there's a difference between satanic and demonic, I believe. Demonic is usually very obvious. Satanic is subtle. We've got to get that in our heads. And when Satan is trying to deceive, he is subtle in how he works. And when he's trying to deceive Jesus here, he's being subtle and he's even using the Scriptures to try to deceive Jesus. Now, that ought to tell us something because that, that reminds us we can't always trust somebody just because they're holding the King James Bible. They can, if they're not careful, many times, sometimes on purpose, sometimes maybe on accident, they will literally do satanic things with their Bible interpretation. And I am, I'm regularly disturbed by the stupidity, you know, that is uttered from the mouth of preachers. I mean, it never, I'm never ceased to be amazed by it. And it, it's an amazing thing how somebody can take the perfect Word of God and come up with some of the crazy doctrines that they do. You know, and there's many reasons people get the scriptures wrong. There's a lot. And I'm hoping in the next weeks to cover some of these things. But sometimes it's just plain ignorance. Sometimes it's just stupidity. Sometimes people have an agenda that blinds their vision, you know. But some things are satanic, and it it should be a scary thing for someone to mess with the word of God. But you know what? Some people aren't afraid. I'm scared to death to mess with the word of God, but some people they do not care today. So let's see what Satan does with the scriptures, and you, and I think you'll be able to say you've seen people do this before. In fact, I think we see these things regularly, not maybe so much obviously from preachers, but you're going to see this with your coworkers, with your family, with people that you witness to. You will hear them do these things with the Scriptures that I think are clearly satanic. So the first thing Satan does, in verse, notice in verse 2, it says when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward to hunger. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones... <clears throat> be made bread. Okay, now why is Satan coming up with this? Alright? Remember, he's, he's going there to test Jesus. He's trying to tempt Jesus. Now, what do most of us do as sinful people? If somebody comes to us and say, I'll bet you can't do this, you know, we want to prove it, don't we? You know, we want, we've got to prove that we can do whatever it is they said. So Satan comes up with this thing of turning a stone into bread. If you're really the Son of God, you'll turn this stone into bread. Now, why would he say that? There's a very good reason he would say that. Because if he was the Son of God, that's what he would do. And is that not what we hear all the time? When people, if there was a God, he would do this. Why, why do you say that? Because that's what I would do. You know, if there was a God, you know, he would just kill all the child molesters. Well, that's what you would do. That's why you say that. You know, he would just, you know, he would, he wouldn't allow bad things to happen if there really was a God. No, that's what you would do if you were a God. That's what these people are really saying. And what they do, they'll go out there and they'll try to cast doubt on the fact that there's a God because God's not doing what they would do. You know, if there was a God, you know, he would destroy Washington DC with an earthquake. No, that's what I would do if I was God. Okay? And you see, have you never heard anybody do that before? If there was a God, He would do this or He would never allow this to happen. That is them saying, this is what I would do if I were God. And so when Satan comes along and he's telling Jesus that you're the Son of God, make these stones into bread, okay? he's tempting Him with this, basically trying to get Jesus to do what He would do. Okay? And that, understand, there's a huge difference between Jesus and Satan. But Satan is trying to cast doubt like that. He's trying to tempt him. He's try this is his way of manipulating Jesus, thinking, I'll get Jesus to do what I want him to do. And it's like we've got people today, they think, I can get God to do what I want because you know God wants me to believe in Him so bad. And if He wants me to believe in Him, fine. Lord, You want me to believe in You. You need to do this. It's a way of us trying to get God to do what we want Him to do. It's, a way, it's, it's tempting God is what we're doing. And so Satan, he's, he's, 
Uh, he, this, or the, what Satan's doing here, this is exactly what the atheist fool does. Okay? And it's okay to call an atheist a fool. The Bible says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Okay? They, they've got it coming. But look what it says in Romans chapter 1 and verse 22. Because this is what people are doing today. Romans 1.22 says, "...professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man." In other words, like themselves. "...and of birds and of four-footed beasts and creeping things, wherefore God also gave them up the uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature..." More than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Is that not exactly what the atheist does? When, they're cha- when it talks about them changing the glory of an uncorruptible God okay, into, a, into an image, one like unto them. All right? what, what the atheist does, the atheist, his proof that there is no God is God's not doing what I would do. Proof that there is no God is all the wars and the famines and the deaths and the diseases, that's what proves there is no God. You know what? You know what he's doing? He's saying, God's not like me. And so what do they do? In reality, they come up with their own God. In other words, man is God. You know, the reason there's all this bad stuff in the world, you know, we're doing it. You know, we're the cause of you know, climate change, you know, and we've got to fix it. Is their solution. And we've got and they just want they don't want to retain God in their knowledge. And in reality, they just replace themselves as God. That's what an atheist does. And they're fools for doing that very thing. And it is foolish, it is absolutely foolish for sinful man to think they could possibly know what God would do. Isaiah 55, verse 6 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways saith the Lord for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, there are plenty of things where it's like, yeah, if I was God... You know, there's a lot of things that would change, folks. If I was God, boy, there'd be a lot of people dying. I mean, yeah, but you know what? If I was God, there'd be a mess. And you know what? It is foolish for me to try to say there is no God because He's not doing what I'm doing because I, I don't know what to do. And you know what? God doesn't usually do things the way I think He should. You know, I think... The Lord should make me a millionaire. I think I would do more with millions of dollars. I'd do, I'd do more good with the millions of dollars than most other people would. That's just what I think. But He hasn't done that. Say, well, you know, He doesn't do that because you know, He doesn't want to put you in a tempting situation. Well, I think I can handle it. All right? I think I can handle millions of dollars if it comes my way. I think if I won the lottery, I don't think I'd be one of those train wreck stories. I think I'd be a success story. I think I'd do a lot of great things with it. I really do. I hope the Lord tempts me with that. <laughs> I, I, but at, the, at the same time, you know, that's what I would do. If I was God, but His ways are not my ways. My ways are not His ways. And you know what? His ways are higher than my ways. Whatever I think should be done, and whatever God, you know, if it disagrees with God, He's right. I'm wrong. And you know what? I accept that, and I'm okay with that. So you know what? I want, I'm going to submit to His will. I would definitely do things different. I'll admit it. But I do believe that I am wrong and that God is always right. And so it's foolish. It is absolutely foolish. And as Christians, we ought to know better. And for and, and Christians often do this too. We They often start having doubts about God when things aren't going their way. You know, they're going through hard times. You know, think something bad happens. There must not be a God. Otherwise, why would this happen? You know, what you're saying is, if you were God, you wouldn't have let that happen. Well, you know what? His ways are higher than our ways. And we've just got to trust Him. It's not always easy, but it's what we've got to do. It's foolish for the creature to tell the Creator what to do. Jesus is not a magic genie. And you know what? We've all seen the magic genie shows where you've got like this all-powerful genie that can grant you your three wishes. 
He'll grant you whatever you want. We all love that story too, don't we? We love the thought of all this power you know, being at our disposal. We love the thought of all that power that was willing to submit to our will. But at the same time, God's not a magic genie. He's got a lot more power. But you know what? Unfortunately, we don't get to put Him in a lamp and call on Him when we want to make Him give us whatever we want. And you know what? And all the magic genie shows, it never works out for those people too. All right, it always ends up bad on all on all of them. It's it's not going to work. And you know what? That's good because you know that that that's fine. We would make a mess of things. There, there's no there's no doubt about that. We would we we'd destroy the world. You know if if God was you know at our beck and call to do whatever we wanted Him to do. And so this this method too though. Of now, how do we use this when it comes to our Bible study? All right, so Satan, remember, Satan's trying to get Jesus to turn the stones into bread. Why? Because this is what he would do. So the, another thing people do when it comes to interpreting scriptures, they interpret the scripture when they see a phrase or a statement in the Bible, they make it mean what they want it to mean, what they would think. So, for example, there's many we could give. Judge not. Right? Now, we all know what that means to most people. Don't judge me. Don't you dare think anything bad about what I do. Now, can you all see how self-centered that interpretation is? First off, it's just dead wrong, but it's also self-centered. In other words, if I wrote down judge not, it would mean don't judge me. Don't think bad about me. You see how they take verses and they, they make it all about themselves, self-centered with it? You know, there's a verse that you know, it says in the Bible, God is love. Alright? But people take that phrase, God is love, to mean, you know, we can't hate anybody. You know, we gotta love the homos, you know, we gotta do, you know, they're just, they're making that mean what they want it to mean. God is love. In other words, God would never throw anybody into hell. See how they're taking that statement and making it about something that's contrary to what the Bible teaches? Yeah, God is love. But you know what? What does the Bible teach about that? So God sent His only Son to the world to pay for sins. But you know what? The Bible also says, He that believeth not is condemned already. But what do people do? They just take that one statement about God and this is what it would mean if I said it. I would never send anybody to hell. I would never judge anyone. I would never think anything bad about anybody. So therefore, when I see that little statement in the Bible, that's exactly what God means too. No, He doesn't. And you are using the Scriptures the way Satan does. You know, they'll say all sin is equal. Okay, And all sin is equal. That whole stupid philosophy, that all comes from the fact the Bible teaches that sin is a transgression of the law. The Bible teaches if you've sinned at any point of the law, you are guilty of the entire law. Okay, All that's teaching is that no matter what, you're a sinner and you need a Savior. That doesn't mean all sins are equal. All sins make you equally guilty of sin. But that doesn't mean all sins are equal. Some are worse than others. Some have different penalties. Some involve getting stripes in the Bible. Some involve getting killed in the Bible. And they're, they're not all sins are the same. But why do people teach that? Why do people have that idea that all sins are equal? Because they've got really wicked sin in their life and they don't want to have to feel bad about it. So okay, fine. I'm a pervert, but you know, you spit on the sidewalk. Both are sins. When a sign said not to, therefore we're equal. No, you're not. All right, you're a pervert. You're at the bottom. Okay, you know you you stink really bad. You know you're supposed to be put to death. Somebody who spits on the sidewalk, I'm have to pay a fine. I don't even know if that's a law against the law. And in some places it is. But see how people are just trying to use that to their benefit. You know, hell is not really eternal. Why are they saying that? Well, I wouldn't put somebody in hell for eternity. God wouldn't do that either. This is what Satan did when he's telling Jesus to turn the stone into bread. If I was the Son of God, I would do that. Therefore, if you're the Son of God, you will do this. Now do it. Prove it. And that, and of course, Jesus did not go for that. And that's what people do with the Scriptures many times. And that's what they do in life. If I was God, 
I would do this. I wouldn't let this happen. Therefore, you know, if God doesn't do that, I don't believe in God. That, my friends, is satanic. And people often take that same mentality and they use it with the Scriptures. That is wicked when people do that. And you're going to regularly hear that with your coworkers, with your family, when you're out soul winning. People that deny the existence of God when they are talking about why they don't believe in God. It's always basically to sum it up saying because God wouldn't do what I would do. Isn't doing what I would do. But you know what? His ways are higher than our ways. And His ways are right. His ways are holy. His ways are just. Ours aren't. End of story. So notice in verse 6, also in Matthew chapter 4, in verse 6, notice what it says. It says, um, or verse 5 says, Then the devil taketh him up into a holy city and setteth him on the pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give His angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Well, now, that's actually from the Bible right there. Satan is quoting Psalms. And guess what? He's quoting it right. He's quoting the Bible right. He's using the King James Bible here as he's preaching or as he's talking to Jesus. So this is true. I mean, it says. It says it right there in the Bible. This is what it says. So he's telling Jesus, jump from this pinnacle of the temple. And you know what the Bible says? You know, he'll send his angels there, bear thee up if thou dash thy foot against the stone. What's he doing right here? Because this is him tempting him. He's tempting Jesus with this. And what he's doing in his attempt to make God like him, you know what he's doing? He's coming up with stupid hypotheticals. Is what he's doing. Well, you know, the Bible says this, therefore, we should be able to do this. Okay? It says they'll bear thee up if thou dash thy foot against a stone. So surely, if God would do that, if you jump from the pinnacle of the temple, the angels will come and save you. Is is what he's saying. He's taken one. He's taken a truth, and he's coming up with stupid hypotheticals. Okay. Now there are things that come up. There are accidents. There are things that are unforeseen. There are you know th- times when we need protected. But you know what? Does that give us permission to just go doing stupid stuff? Should I go skydiving without a parachute? You know, should I just go driving reckless? No, we're not supposed to do that kind of thing. And just because God is able to protect us, well, if God's all powerful, if God is protector, if we have guardian angels, then you know what? Why can't I go, you know, doing all this crazy stuff? Why can't I drive like a maniac? God's going to protect me. I can't die if it's not God's will for me to die. Well, listen, bozo. If you're going to act like an idiot, it's probably going to be God's will for you to die. You know, before you reproduce and bring more stupidity into the world. You know, before you hurt somebody because of your stupidity. And this is this type of thing goes on where people will take a verse in the Bible. And then they just want to run with it and come up with all these stupid hypothetical things. Let's look at a few verses in the Bible because this is, this is not something that's new. This is something that went on in the Bible days. In Titus 3.8 it says, This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These are good and profitable unto men. It's good and profitable to do good works. But avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. A man that is an heretic after the first and second admonition reject, knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth, being condemned of himself. Now listen, does God have the power that Jesus jumps from the pinnacle of the temple to send His angels to bear Him up? Of course. But does that mean Jesus should do that? No, that's foolish to do that. We don't just go doing things just to do them, just to see what God can do. And it's it's just it's a foolish thing to even think about. It's a foolish thought. It's a foolish question. And the Bible says right here, there's foolish questions. Okay, I'm sorry. The statement that there's no such thing as a stupid question is not biblical. The Bible says we're supposed to avoid foolish questions because there are pointless questions. There is what the Bible calls to vain jangling in 1 Timothy 1, verse 4. It says, "...neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith, so do." Now, the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart. 
and of a good conscience of faith unfeigned, from which some have having swerved have turned aside unto vain jangling. It's like sometimes people when I think of vain jangling, I just think of that person who just likes to hear themselves talk, and it's like they just they're just making noise. It's foolish. It doesn't have any substance to it, and it might even sound pretty good, but it's just empty foolishness that means absolutely nothing. And there are there's pointless questions that only lead to more questions. All right, you know. And for example, I heard that this question was going around, and this is a stupid question. This is a foolish question, and that is, you know, can God throw a saved person into hell? Okay. And obviously, we would say, well, no. But wait a minute, I thought God was all-powerful. You know? So if God's all-powerful, then He does have the power to throw a saved person into hell. But yet, we would say, no, He can't because He promised that He wouldn't. Well, then that means He's not all-powerful then. You know what it means? It means you're an idiot for even coming up with that thought. That is a stupid question. That is a stupid hypothetical. That's just like, you know, can God create a rock so big that He can't lift it? You know? That, that type of thing is so dumb. And I'm telling you, some of these Facebook groups too, get these retards on there that just ask these stupid questions like that. And I just want to punch these people in the face, you know, and just like, you, you, you guys are retarded. You know, it's the whole thing, everybody, you know, could Jesus have sinned? You know? And pe- people want to make a big deal about that and just, at, they bring up all these things. You know, you don't even need to talk about that kind of thing. That's just, that's just stupid. It makes no sense. It is a foolish question. All it does is it's something that brings contention. It's a stupid question that brings contention. There's no godly edifying that goes with it. There's no benefit to just sitting around and arguing about stupid things like that. You're just talking about nothing. You're accomplishing nothing with it. You know, another, another thing people like to talk about too, you know, and people, they just come up with stuff. It's like, it's like some people want to look for something to argue about. And you know what? And I personally think this is another stupid question that it's almost foolish to even go down this road and talk about. But one I hear people bring up all the time is can someone get saved from other Bible versions? And this is why I think this is a stupid question because obviously, alright, you know, we're saved by the Word of God. We are saved not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the Word of God. I get that. Okay, but here's the problem with this. When you got saved, how many people made sure to let you know? Now, this is a King James Bible I showed you when I gave you these Scriptures. When you led somebody to the Lord, how many of those people did you say, now listen, I just made to make sure you understand these Scriptures I showed you were from a King James Bible. We don't do that. So the problem with this, what ends up happening, we start bringing up these stupid hypotheticals. Well, what if somebody uses an NIV when they're giving out the Gospel? Well, what does that do? I wonder what Bible they used when I got saved. You know, a lot of people probably don't know what Bible was used. Here's the, but here's the thing. If a person is saved, if they believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, it's because somebody presented the Word of God to them. End, end of story. Somebody got the Word of God to them. Was it that soul winner? Maybe the soul winner did use an NIV Bible and there was a King James before that that they had in their head, in their heart. I don't know. I'm not going to worry about that because the thing is, if you've got somebody they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, they trusted in His death, burial, and resurrection for their salvation, we don't need to be going up to that person and saying, did you check what Bible that soul winner used? Well, I don't know, but I do believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, but what Bible was He using? I don't know. Well, you better find out. If not, you're, you might not be saved. Really? You know, and then, I mean, we, we're getting them worried about stuff. At the end of the day, hey, are you trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation? If they are, somebody got the Word of God to them. The in, somebody got the incorruptible seed to them. Don't be bringing up these stupid things to just mess with them and get them all confused. You know, they'll come with these things too. Well, you know, can can an unsaved person lead someone to the Lord? Okay? Now that people like to bring those things up. Well, what if what if when a person called on the Lord, 
Somebody came, presented the Gospel to them just like it's supposed to be. They believed it. They got saved. But then later they find out that person's a heretic. That person believed him. Oh man, I've believed on Jesus Christ this whole time. But that person that led me to the Lord, they just found out they just got saved again at the camp meeting they went to. Well, apparently I'm not saved then. Well, wait a minute. Did you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? You see how we come up with these things? And listen, I don't think an unsaved person is going to be going and getting people saved. I really don't. But at the same time, you know, it's not always about one person that gets somebody saved. You know, Paul planted, Apollos watered, God gave the increase. And we come up with all these things because we like to argue about this stuff. That's a lot of times just foolish. It goes into vain jangling. And all we do is get, we cause more questions and we get people confused. You know, what if you get baptized? You know, baptisms by a saved person only count. Well, I would, I would tend to agree with that. But you know what? My dad baptized me. I got baptized in obedience to the Word of God. What if all of a sudden my dad came along and said, you know what? I've been faking this whole time. I was never really saved. Wait a minute. You led me to the Lord. You baptized me. Do I now need to go and call on the Lord again and get baptized again? And you all see how it is. It's just. It's a stupid. Some of these things are just stupid, and we use these things to argue. We use these things to show how hardcore we are. I got to prove I'm the most King James person. I got to prove that I'm the most hardcore on the purity of of the gospel and things like that. And we just come up with stuff that really is just goofy, and we just cause they're, they're pointless questions. And I'm telling you, Satan uses that stuff to just confuse people. And a lot of times, it's just vain jangling. It's it's foolish talk that only creates more questions. And we need to stay away from that kind of thing. And this is pretty much what Satan does right here. He's telling Jesus, do something stupid because the Bible says He'll send His angels to bear thee up. The Bible says God will protect you. But you know what? There's also you know, verses Jesus brought. Now thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. You know, yes, there's verses that say one thing, but there's other verses that say other things too. We're supposed to take the whole package. We're not just supposed to take one thing and run with it. And that's what people often do. They just take one little thing, one little statement, and they just run off into la-la land with it. Just go into full-blown stupidity. We were talking before church making fun of Sam Gipp's zombie apocalypse because he says, you know, the Bible says the dead in Christ rise first. You know, therefore... The dead in Christ have to rise from the dead before we get raptured. And so he came up with this 40 day thing. You know, he just took that one thing and ran it. And it's like, whoa, you know, hold on, buddy. You know, there's actually a little more to it than that. You don't just take that one verse and do whatever you want with it, like Satan did when he took the one verse he quoted with Jesus, leaving out the rest of the Bible. Hey, you know, it says later in the Bible that the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. You understand in the Old Testament it was prophesied that there was going to be a resurrection of the just and the unjust, that there was a day coming where all that were in the graves were going to hear the voice of God. There was a time coming where everyone's going to rise from the dead, but it was taught later that the dead in Christ rise first. Before and later, after the millennium, there's going to be another resurrection, but that is to everlasting shame and contempt. You know, it's once again, you have to use the whole Bible. You don't get to just take one verse and run with it. And when you do that, when you take one verse and you just run with it and you think you can do whatever you want with it, you're going to get going into the vain jangling. You're going to get into the foolish questions. If you want to take a verse about where it says God is all-powerful, you know, if you want to take that verse and just focus on that and dwell on that, you're going to start asking, you know, can God throw a saved person into hell? Well, you know what? The Bible also teaches that God is holy. The Bible also teaches it's impossible for God to lie. God always keeps His promises. And if God promises eternal life, then you know what? He can't throw us into hell. And it doesn't mean He is not all-powerful. Because the thing is, you're saying, well, all-powerful, that just means I can do whatever I want. And therefore, that's what God would do too. And if God wanted... You, know, you would assume that God thinks like you do. 
and all-powerful. It just means He has the ability to do all things. It just doesn't mean He's just going to do whatever thing you want. And just because, you know, if we were all-powerful, you know, we'd be creating cool mansions for ourselves and, you know, really fancy food and, you know, nice cars. You know, we'd be doing, we'd be doing all these stupid things with it and we think God thinks like we do. No, you're, you think like Satan is your problem. You're like Satan in your thinking. This is satanic thinking. It's what the devil does. And so look at verse 5 of Matthew chapter 4. It says, Then the devil taken them up to the holy city, set them on the pinnacle of the temple, said to them, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give His angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands He shall bear thee up, lest I'll dash thy foot against a stone. Now let's think about this for a minute. If Jesus would have done this, that would have been pretty cool, right? Peter said, okay, devil. And just went and stood on there, stuck his arms out and fell backwards. And then all of a sudden, angels swoop in, lift him up. That's pretty cool, right? We, we would like to see that show, wouldn't we? Well, guess what? People like a spectacle, don't they? People like to see a show. They like, they, they want to see that. And you know what? We see a group of people that were like that in John chapter 6 and verse 29. Look what it says. In John 6, verse 29, Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on Him whom He hath sent. They said therefore unto Him, What sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? You know what they're saying? Alright, you want us to believe you? Put on a show. Isn't that exactly what Satan already done to them? Or did to Jesus? Satan already tried this. Now they're trying it. Verse 31 they're giving out a suggestion. Satan suggested Jesus jump from the pinnacle of the temple and have angels come bear him up. They said, Our fathers did eat man in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Here, you know what we'd like to see you do, Jesus? Rain bread from heaven. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? I'd like I'd like to see that. You know, and don't we do that same kind of thing too? You know, we pray these stupid prayers, and good people do this. You know, Lord, I just need you to show me that you're real. Do a miracle. Send me a check in the mail. You know, help me find a briefcase full of money. You know, help me all of a sudden wake up tomorrow and just have lost 10 pounds. You know, is that not what people do? They're always praying, you know, Lord, do this for me. You know, Lord, increase my faith. In other words, fatten my wallet. You know, increase my bank account. And Lord, if you do that, that will increase my faith. That, my friends, is just like the devil. That is just like the Jews. He's saying, hey, this is the work of God that you believe on me. They're saying, well, you know what? Okay, fine. Let's talk about this. Let's make a deal. You rain bread from heaven and then we'll believe you. And that's how we are. All right, Lord, I know I'm supposed to pray. I know I'm supposed to trust in you. But okay, fine. Let's make a deal. You give me a raise tomorrow when I go to work. You do this for me. You do that for me. And then I'll believe you. Tell me how that's not just like the devil. Tell me that's how that's not just like the Jews who Jesus said were of their father the devil. That is exactly the type of thing that people do all the time. Well, I tried praying one time and it didn't work. In other words, you just didn't get what you wanted. Jesus didn't do what you would have done if you were Jesus. Jesus didn't give you the show. Jesus didn't put on the spectacle. So you think that proves He's not real. And that is what Satan did. Satan wanted Jesus to put on a spectacle, to put on a show, to prove it. This is Satan's way of being in control of God instead of letting God control him. That is exactly what was what Satan is trying to do here. And we do. We all want to use the Lord for like our magic genie. We all want to look at Him as a glorified Santa Claus. We're just going to, you know, I want to get close to God. I want to be a prayer warrior. Why? So I can get everything I want. Well, you know what? Why don't you learn to be a prayer warrior just because you want to be close to God? Just because you want to please Him. But people want it. They want that. They want these gifts often for all the wrong reasons. And it's like they just, they're trying to figure out, you know, how to Use God. 
And listen, I'm 100% for preaching on prayer. I like messages on prayer. I know some preachers, they kind of specialize in praying. They wrote books on praying. That's fine, but it's like a lot of people, their motivation, I, I need to go, I want to hear that sermon on prayer. Why? Their thinking is, I got to learn how to manipulate God into doing what I want him to do. Hey, how about you just learn how to talk to God so you can have a relationship with him? Why don't you learn how to communicate with God so maybe he'll help you understand why God doesn't do everything the way you think he should do it? Why don't you just do it because you want to be obedient? Why don't you just pray even if you don't get any of your prayers answered? Why don't you just do it because you love the Lord? I think that's, do you think that'll get my prayers answered? See how we are? You know, just tell me what I gotta do to get what I want. Tell me what I gotta do to get God to do what I need Him to do. And that, my friends, is exactly what Satan was trying to do. And he used scripture. He quoted Scripture to get him to do it, but he was misusing Scripture. He wasn't using the whole Bible. And you've got to learn to use the whole Bible when it comes to things. Don't just cherry-pick the verses that you like. You've got to use all of the Scriptures. And this was just Satan's way of being in control of God instead of letting God control him. And look at verse 8 of Matthew chapter 4. It says, Again the devil taketh them up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth them all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. And he saith unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto them, him, Get me thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. So right here we see Satan. He's trying to make a deal with Jesus again. He's telling him, Hey, listen, I will give you all these kingdoms. All these kingdoms. I will give them to you if you will serve me. Now the question is, you know, did Satan have the ability to do that? You know, I don't know. It really doesn't matter. At the end of the day, look at what uh, you know, Jesus ended up doing. Jesus, in this case, Satan did not bring up scriptures. Okay, but notice how Jesus did bring up scriptures because Jesus said, "It is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and Him only shalt thou serve." You know what Jesus was doing right here? He was using scripture to show Satan. Basically, who are you to be trying to give me kingdoms? I'm in charge of you. You're going to serve me. That's what Jesus ended up, ended up doing right here. And but what Satan, I think, was trying to do right here, this is what I'm convinced Satan was trying to do right here. This was his way of trying to change the Word of God to fit his will. Because look what it says in Isaiah chapter 14. Notice, he's, want, he's trying to get Jesus to serve him. Well, that's not biblical. Okay? But it was his will. It was what he wanted. And in Isaiah 14, verse 12, says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which is weak in the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will, also, uh, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. And I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Notice what Satan was doing here. He's basically, when he's talking to Jesus, he is declaring his will and ignoring what the Bible says. But Jesus' response to that was, no, hey, this is actually what the Bible says. And you realize what most people do today when it comes to their philosophy of things, when it comes to their way of salvation, when it comes to whatever, they go off of their will instead of what the Bible says. You know what? This is what I want. Therefore, this is what is. And they will, in many cases, change the Bible. Okay? And, and Now, fortunately, in the, in the fundamental Baptist world, you don't see this. We usually know it's King James. You can't change the Word of God. But is this not exactly what's going on in most religions today? Where They're, they're not afraid to change the Word of God. This is going on in most Bible translations today where they are literally changing the Word of God. They leave verses out. They add words in. They do these things to actually change what the Bible says. You know why? Because they don't like what the Bible says. They don't like what the Bible says, so they change it, they ignore it, they neglect it, and that's what Satan's doing right here. He's basically expressing his will in here, and that's Jesus worshiping him instead of going off what the Bible actually says. And Jesus was quick to stop and say, hey, this is what the Bible actually says. 
And we're seeing this type of thing today. People using other versions of the Bible, other Scriptures, to just say things, promote things, push things that are completely against what the Word of God. And you know what? It does happen even in the King James world too where the Bible says one thing, but they've decided it means something else. Like 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. They want, in their will, in their mind, the rapture comes before the tribulation. So what do they do? Uh, 2 Thessalonians 2. It doesn't mean what you think it means right there. Well, it's actually pretty clear you know what it says right there. But they'll, do, they'll just try to change the meaning. Why? They want it to conform to their will. And they interpret it according to their will. Some scriptures, it's a little easier to do that. Some, it's really hard. Sometimes you've got to completely remove a scripture like the NIV often does. And many other versions of the Bible, sometimes it's worded in a way where you can try to manipulate it, make it mean what you want it to mean. But at the end of the day, it's very clear that when Satan uses the Word of God, he uses it to fit his agenda and his will. And this is something he's been doing since the beginning. Go ahead and turn back to Genesis chapter 3 and look what it says in chapter 3. And uh, Satan, the first time we're introduced to Satan when he is deceiving the woman about to bring sin into the world. Notice what he does here in Genesis 3 verse 1. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, the serpent said to the woman, Yea, if God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said to the woman, Ye shall not surely die. And For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. So notice the first thing that he does here when he says, Yea, if God said... Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Now, did God tell them they weren't allowed to eat any of them? You know, no. What's he doing here? He's messing with their mind. He's messing with the word of God. Man, God told you you can't eat anything in the garden. You're not allowed to do anything. Well, no. We're allowed to eat of every tree of the garden except for there's just one tree we're not to eat. Because if we eat it, and she says, even if we touch it, which we don't see God saying that, then we'll surely die. And notice how Satan didn't correct her. You know, Satan has no problem with you adding to the Word of God, taking away from as long as you you don't actually use the Word of God. But he goes from he's just exaggerating. Man, you're not allowed to eat any tree. Well, no, actually it's just one. If we eat it, we're going to die. He doesn't correct her when she adds a little bit to the Word of God. But then what does he do? He just flat out denies it. You shall not surely die. Here's what's really going to happen. When you eat it, you're going to be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now that was actually partially true. Because when she ate the fruit, did she drop dead? No. Did she know good and evil? Yes. But you all see how he messed with the Word of God. He's making it mean something that it doesn't. And I don't know this for sure. Eve eats that fruit. He was right. I didn't die. Physically. And so what she does, she goes and gives it to her husband and then he eats. She's now been deceived by Satan who is messing with her God because the truth is she didn't die that day, but she did die eventually, didn't she? And she did die spiritually that day. Which is actually worse. And so the truth is, Satan though, he did. He just he's messing with the word of God. He's trying to say God's word means something that it doesn't. He's trying to deny what it clearly says. Just messing with the word of God. That is satanic. And you all know we don't. I don't even need to preach on this here. It is satanic to change the word of God. It is satanic. You know these other Bible versions are satanic. You don't mess with the word of God. But you got to understand too, the devil is tricky enough. He can even do this type of thing with the King James Bible if you're not careful. And we've got to learn to recognize these things and see how it works. He's always going to mess with the Scriptures. 
And that's why in the beginning we see a mess with the Scriptures and we see at the very end of the Bible in the very last chapter of the Bible, it's telling us, it's warning about messing with the Scriptures, about adding anything to it or taking anything away from it. We have no business doing that. We can't do that. That is a satanic act to try messing with the Scriptures because this Word of God is what we live by. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. These words are they, these words are true. They are holy. They, they have an effect. And when we start messing with them, we get ourselves in big trouble. And Satan started out messing with the Word of God and he's going to end everything messing with the Word of God. He's never going to let up on this. And we've got to learn how he works. We've got to learn the methods that he uses. And these methods that he uses, these aren't new. These things I've been talking about tonight, these are not new things. This has been what he's been doing from day one. And so we've got to make sure we recognize these things so we know how to combat it when people bring this stuff up. And when people try to cast, send doubts our ways. The same methods of interpreting scriptures are being used today many times by preachers. And if we know how to identify them, you know, we will know whether the preaching that we're hearing it's of the Spirit of God or the Spirit of the devil. And there is a spirit of the devil in churches today. And you're going to hear it, folks. You're going to hear this same type of thing when you go out soul winning. You're going to hear it when you talk to your families and they're arguing with you about the Bible. And you're even going to hear this type of thing from preachers. And you need to understand where it's coming from. We saw how Satan tried using the Word of God with Jesus Christ. And it is exactly what he is using today. And many people are falling for it and they're using the exact same methods. Don't fall for it. Don't fall in it. And don't let yourself do it. We naturally can want to do these things sometimes. We can do this without trying. Many of the mistakes people make in their interpretation of the Bible, it's not always sinister. It's not always somebody trying to deceive. This, it's, but often we do. We tend to do this. Why? Because this method of interpreting Scriptures, it goes with the lust of our flesh, doesn't it? And the, the lust of our flesh never points us in the right direction. That's why we gotta do things in a spiritual way, in a spirit-filled way. So I hope that was a help. With that, let's pray, dear Lord. We thank you so much for your word and for uh, for an unchanging Bible. And dear God, I pray you'll help us to uh, learn from the tricks that the devil has been using, Lord, since the beginning of time. Pray that we will not fall for them. I pray we will not we will not use these things, Lord, that we won't let our uh, the lust of our rotten flesh get in the way, but we will walk in the Spirit and we'll look at things in the Word of God through spiritual eyes. And I pray you'll help us with it. In Your name we pray. Amen.